Today's parak in Tanakh is Malachim Beit Perak Aleph. Not coincidentally, the Goyim see this as the beginning of an entirely new book. On one level, because there's some very striking differences. On one level, we know that the closure of the previous book with Achazio ben Achav is basically the end of Beit Achav, as the Novi had already predicted, and that uh, Achav would be treated as the new Beit Yeravam, so everything would come back to him as a prototype of what it means now to be a Chayti Umachti as Yisrael, so that the only successful experiment of Mahut Yisrael which is Beit Omri, as Chazal pointed out, the only one that had three generations, the only one that was successful in actually setting up a Malchut, ends and the rest is really back to palace politics and doesn't reflect the Malchut in the same way. The concept of Malchut, which, as we've said, was the basis of the entire book as opposed to Divrei Hayamim. But there's also a massive change in ambience, which we're going to be recognizing very quickly. And that is the position of the Nidiyut when it comes to Malachim Beit. Malachim Beit is very, very much stories of Nevi'im, and schools of Nevi'im, and events that are done by Nevi'im, in which the Nevi'ut is seen as a counterpart to the development of Malchut. And that is a tremendous change. Up until this point, the Navi predicted. The Navi was, was the one who was the, the, the Shubiyah to communicate what it was that was going to happen, how it was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu viewed it, and to maintain the awareness of where the Malchut is going, which is the main purpose of Eliyahu. He becomes now the conscience of Yisrael, so to speak. He's the Malach Abrit. He's the one that retains the absolutes in a world that is not absolute. But from this point on, the Navi is fundamentally involved in a very deep and personal way with people. Not only with the Malachim, but with Stam people. It's not only a leading Navi, it's all schools of Navim that become now a completely different way. In our terms, it's very similar to the change that we find in the period in which there were, let's say, Rabbonim or Malachim, where you have the Nasi and you have the, the, uh, the Resh Galuta, which became the Gaonim and the wh- whoever was the Av Beitin in Eretz Yisrael. And then it became, even when the focus shifted to Europe and to, uh, to Arab countries, there was always a getter of a Kiyilah and the leadership was in an individual who was empowered politically. All of that changed with the growth of the concept of Roshe Yeshivot which all of a sudden there came to be the counterpart to political power, which was entirely spiritual, which there was no involvement really directly as having political power. And there were schools, like the B'nai Nevi'im, as the Targum, as Metargum, as the Ramam explains in detail, B'nai Nevi'im means schools of Nevi'im, yeshivas of Nevi'im, which is what Torah was all about. This is now a tremendous change, and it's a very powerful change, enough for even the Goyim to realize that we've completely shifted our focus. And so, before we begin this new focus, we ought to recognize the extent at which the importance of Achav is viewed as the closure, in a way, of Malchut Yisrael that can work. We already pointed out that there is unbelievable things in the very fact that there was that moment that Elio ran in front of Achav, in the fact that Achav was always involved on some level in responsiveness to Elio. In other words, any time Elio actually showed up, we got messages from Elio Numemela. But where he spoke to Elio face to face, he always did true. 
or we spoke to Elios Tamine. He did the Shuva. So it was either Vayikana, Haraita Kinichnacha, or as Elio told him, let's bring everybody together. You have to be Bekabets, everybody. He was really the one that was involved in the destruction of the Nevi'e Abal and in setting up that whole thing. So that deep down, his commitment to fight, as we saw, even where he was a failure in terms of the pure political nature of the Malchut, and surprisingly, or not surprisingly, that failure begins to occur when he becomes religious on some level. So he's now no longer effective as a Malach. He was never able to put the two together, which of course is the reason that now it splits completely. The effectiveness and the religion become two completely different worlds, at least within Malchus Yisrael. But up until the end of Ahav, we find that there is an ability to respond to underlying values, so that he was willing to fight when it came to the Sefer Torah, where he was will on the same day, a few hours earlier, he's ready to give away everything that he has, his wife, his children, and so on and so forth. Sefer Torah is a line that he drawn. The Zechus that we see came from Omri, was a Zechus that was the Tosefet of, of a city in Eretz Yisrael, the Binyan of Eretz Yisrael, the desire to retain very much as we found in early Zionism, in which there was a retention of the values of Yisrael, and therefore people were able to relate to that in the wars that they fought. So when things got to the bottom, it's Yisrael B'tach Hashem, and there were immense reactions to the presence of the Shekhinah Yisrael, and possibilities to grow on that level. When he turned into a liberal, and he decided to be a Malche Chesed, in which we would let our enemies rule, so to speak. And he gave away Ben Hadad that was put into his hands to treat as a Mel of Yisrael. That was the beginning of the end. And at that point, that's a, this is tremendously contemporary things. So that once the Goyim can take the Chesed Lu'umim Chatat and view that as the Chesed of Malche Yisrael, there's nothing left of the underlying nature of Yisrael. Achav, in his last act, was Mamish of Melech Yisrael. And it's called Melech Yisrael, even though he had personally lost it. His last act was that he stood there in that battle and bled to death. He allowed himself to bleed to death. And he didn't want anybody to know he was held up artificially. Didn't want anybody to know that he was wounded because of the impact it would have on the nature of the battle with the Haram. Now, remarkably, what we find in generations later is that there is an amazing Nevius of Zechariah. And here Zechariah is talking about the ultimate moment, the moment of Geula, in which Mashiach ben Yosef has just been murdered, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is coming now to the rescue of Yerushalayim, destroying the Umay Sa'ilam. And according to Waman Diyamah in Mesechet Sukkah, it's also the moment of the Shechit of the Yetzirah. So now there's a tremendous Hesped. According to Waman Diyamah, Hesped on the Yetzirah, According to the other man, the Amr Hesped on Mashiach ben Yosef. The words that are used about that Hesped make absolutely no sense. So there it says, Bayom ahu yigdal hamispeid v'yerushalayim, ki mispad hadad rimon bebikat begidon. That Hesped will be an unbelievable Hesped. Like the Hesped of hadad rimon in Megiddo. There is no record of any such thing. No idea what that means. Says the Gemara, if it wouldn't be for the Targum of that Posek, we would be completely and totally without a clue as to what it's referring to. But the Targum explains, this is Rabbi Yosef's book, in Targum, so be'itna ha'yi, yizgei bispada b'yerushalayim, ki mispada da'achav bar omri, te'katilyate hadad rimon bar tav rimon. These are two separate things. One is the Mispeid Birushalayim, like 
the mispaid over Achav, who was murdered by Ben Haddad, who was Haddad Rimon, Ben Tav Rimon, that particular, all of the Malachim were called Ben Haddad, but he was Haddad Rimon. And the other one was another Hespit that we know about that took place at Bikat Migidon, and that was Kemispeid Yoshio Baramon, who was murdered, the Katayate Paro Chagira, Bikat Migidon. So he was killed by Paro Necho. In Begat Megiddo. This is an absolutely astonishing puzzle. Yoshio is viewed as a tremendous tzaddik that Yermio called for the Hesped, and is the only Chiev that we really have in Kinois. The only Chiev is that you have to be Master Yoshio. He was the one who brought everybody to Teshuva, and he was, he was murdered because of his belief in the generation, and so on and so forth. Put that together with Achav ben Omri is absolutely crazy. What are you bringing the Hesped, the ultimate Hesped on the Yetzirah himself, or Mashiach ben Yosef, and saying the Hesped will be even greater than the Hesped on Acha? Which, of course, is not like the Shitas of the Mepharshim that we spoke about. Vayavor harina b'machanat ba'abod rishayim rina, which is one level of remez. But over here it means that rina was the, the sound of the Hesped. And that there's no way to ignore a Pasuk like that. So in other words, what it means is that somehow the getter of Achav's Malchus in Yisrael, and it's Chibur to the Malchus of Yehuda, which is the only time that we find such Chibur. <coughs> Not only that, there's even an astonishing Rabbah. I mean, all the Mephoshim talk about the, the problem that we're going to see in a moment of the dating of uh, the relationship of Yoshafat's Malchus to the Malchus of the Malchi Yisrael after uh, Achaziel. And, okay, so one approach is, that's the approach really of the Tosefta that Rashi brings, that for some reason it pretends that it's the closing of the Malchus of Yehoshaphat, where in actuality there were seven years left to the Malchus of Yehoshaphat. So the, the Tosefta says that because of the fact that if you recall, Yehoshaphat was going to be murdered in Ramot Gilad. He had dressed up like Achav. And only at the last moment did he escape because Vayaz Eik Yehoshaphat. So really he was Chayev Mita because he had been Mitchaber with Achav. Since he made it out only by the skin of his teeth, it's as if his Malchus was Nigmerit then, says the Toseft. So Rashi brings that as the meaning. Rabag gives an incredible, incredible insight. And he says, the point is that Yehoshaphat's Malchut as a pure Malchut Yehuda ended because of this Chibur with Malchut Yisrael and he was no longer Melech Yehuda because he and, Yo- and, and Achav ruled hand in hand. Same with Yoram, as we'll see. But they want to make that joint venture in Eilat with the maritime trade. So his Chiddush the Rabbah is that indeed we don't call that even though Lamaisi continued to rule, but he ruled jointly with Yoshafat, Yoshafat with Achav and Achazia and Yoram. So therefore we don't call those years of Yoshafat Melech Yehuda. Amazing, amazing explanation. So it makes sense that if we're talking about a moment in which we now have the transition between Mashiach ben Yosef who is killed and HaKadosh Baruch who's seeing this, it says that the, the, the Shechina saw us, Asher Dakaru, and that was the Mispein, and at that moment HaKadosh Baruch who comes to be Matzel Yehuda and Yerushalayim and Malchus based of it, and then we start talking about that the Hespa, how the Hespa affected Malchus based of it, and so on. It makes sense that where we find the only co-joining 
of Yosef and Yehuda that worked and that was indeed a tikkun that had in it the potential of creating now a, a tikkun for the breakdown of the Malchut and therefore a tikkun for the Yetzirah, which now is the moment of the Shechitat Yetzirah, it is in the comparison of the elements of Achav to Yoshio. In other words, it's the same way that Yoshio was capable of touching on the underlying issues in Yehuda that required tikkun and that worked, so was Achav. And perhaps if it hadn't have been for that pull-out of Elio, who was so impossibly angry at him, which is, I wouldn't even talk to you if it wouldn't be for Yoshef, you rotten, no good, slime. But if, but if it hadn't been, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu fires him, essentially, for that, and gives him a different job of now being the protection of the ideals rather than the practical, which now moves on to Elisha, as we'll see, which becomes now the mainstay and the centerpiece of what the Goyim call a separate book, because it's so, so different because of Elisha. But it's very possible that the, what the Targum is pointing out is that this is what Zechari is referring to. If you want to talk about a hespid on the loss of potential, then that's the two espadin for the death of Bashir ben Yosef, which is the death of potential. It's Yoshio in terms of Yehuda, and it's Achav, amazingly, in terms of Yisrael. So we cannot in any way delegitimize the aspects of Achav that were the only success, really, to Yerava ben Avat, which is why he becomes the successor to Yerava ben Avat. He was the best of what could have been and the worst, because which is usually the case. But what 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 we in a religious tradition, look down at and think about as being pure politics and, and you know, nonsense to think of in any way that would be consistent with Sefer Malachim and with the history of Yisrael, that's not so partial. In other words, you have a man like Menachem Begin, who's at the head of a, of a country, in which it's possible for, for him to respond to Tzorche of Tshuva, in which there's an underlying awareness of the, the values of Yisrael, and a willingness to be nichna at a time where kni is necessary, and a, a consistency with the with the values, not with all of the asiyas hamitzvahs necessarily. Just like Achav, fine, you're willing to detain this with Hakadosh Baruch Hu is far less makbid, as we saw the the Gemara says beferish, far less makbid on Avodah Zara and even on on the, on the three chatoim gedolim for people who are in touch with the underlying values of Yisrael, but the underlying bris of Yisrael, and who are not Dalturim. And that the Gemara points out, they would wage war and they would win. <laughs> I think the worst people in the world, well, they didn't speak Lashonara. Is that the worst people in the world? And they, the people who were completely consistent with all of the mitzvahs, eh, completely consistent, they do speak Lashonara. So they would, they would fight, they would lose. So our sense of religious values that we've inherited is so off and so perverted that it's really dangerous in any way to rely on it in making judgments that have real political import. It's just that it's so drilled into us from childhood that we take it seriously. We never question. But when, and, and this is why the truth is religious people stay away from Tanakh because the Tanakh has values that has nothing in common with what passes for Judaism. The truth is that this is a massive change in the failure of Beis Achav and its relationship to Elio and to the whole concept of Nevias is central and has tremendous implications. Lederais. And therefore, at the time of actual Bias HaMashiach, it is necessary to remember the Mispet of Achav, which is astounding. It's the last thing you want to remember. No, Adarava. That's part of the consciousness that allows the Hespit on the death of Mashiach Ben Yosef. This is what Yosef produced. But this is a disaster. Well, 
It doesn't have to be a disaster. And that's why, of course, all of the tefillahs are the mekubolim for this. It's survival of Mashiach ben Yosef. I mean, the tikkun of the things that went wrong in Yosef are really so central because it means the survival of potential in the end. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it is. Yeah. And so the fact is that we see immediately that Ahav's power, as we saw earlier, we spoke about, just in passing, Edom. Here we talk about Moab. So at that time, and we're going to see Edom comes back into the fray. So, It was Ahav who as the Shlomo equivalent, as the builder and the expander in Malchus Yisrael, <coughs> He was the one that was controlling Moab. And Moab was Poshea. Of course, that has tremendous implications in terms of Malchus Pestafet, and it's coming from Moab and the ability of B'nai David to hold down Moab, that he would have been able to maintain that connection to Moab, taking Shlomo Malchus' place, despite the fact that he was from Yisrael. And so what happened, we know that there was, in fact, an Avias, that things were not going to go very well <coughs> with B'nai Achazia, <coughs> who had been appointed as the new king, he had an accident. Achazia slipped through the grating of the second story, which was uh, something like they have, uh, what, do, what do you call those uh, those wooden, uh, you know, the patio? No, on the top of the patio there. What's it called? No, on, on the top, to make shade. Lattice. Lattice, thank you. It was wonderful. He fell through the lattice that was was meant to be where it walked on, apparently, in his aliyah to allow light and air to come from the from the upper story in Shomron, and this affected him. He was mortally wounded. He got ill. So he sends messengers. This is absolutely insane. Go to the Lord of the Flies. So apparently the Lord of the Flies is called the Lord of the Flies because he had power over death. And he was able to say who would live and who would die. So where else do you go? The flies? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not to say the flies are going to remiss the bathroom, held bathroom uh, jokes about a bazaar that we see in the Gemara. <clears throat> To what? To, to the gift of the Lishnem of the Tarmuk that they died from is also like a bad Okay. And uh, yeah, for some reason, this is in Christian theology, this Balzavuv is like the, the most connected to the devil, right? That's Bibles of Balzavuv. That's where it comes from. Balzavuv. That's already the simon of the Sutton. So, I mean, they also have a sense of the absolute degradation of such a thing. And so, Malach Adonai Diber Eliyahu Tishbib, Kum Alei Lekrat Malachi Melech Shomron, head off these messengers before they get to Ekron, V'daber Aleihem and tell them, Hamibli Hein Elohim B'Israel, Atamochim L'Dosh B'Bal Zvu V'Elei Ekron, are you not ashamed of yourself? Now, Lemaisa, the Tviyah of here was to the Shlichim, right? Atamochim, now addressing Lashon Yachid to the king, So this, fine, this is the real message. You're never going to get off this bed. You're going to die. Okay, so Eliyahu goes to talk to these Malachim, apparently having such an impact on them that he shook them to the core and they never went to Ekron. Which, of course, I mean, could have resulted in their being summarily executed. And indeed, Vayashuvah Malachim Elav, he says, what 
the heck are you doing here? The love is back to... I went back to Achazia. So he says, what Mazer What kind of chutz business? I send you on a mission and you're back before doing the mission. Vayonu elav, so they say, now they lied. Because what they did was, apparently they themselves were so shaken by the words of Eliyahu that they refused to participate. They wouldn't go to Ekron because of what he said. And you see, the same thing happens with somebody meets Eliyahu, he's shattered. You know, Achav was completely, the boy sees Eliyahu. I mean, they can fight each other, but Eliyahu says, let's do this, and he does this. So they say to him, Vayomre love, this guy came, Ish Allah Likrotenu, Vayomre Lenu, Lukhu Shuva Alamelech, Asher Shalachitchem. Go back to the king now. He never said that. Go back to the king that sent you. Vidibatem Elav and say the following. That's not what he said. He said, The rest of it was a message to the Malachim. But that's all they needed was to say. You know, well, he told us we're rotten in doing what you said. Really now? <laughs> so therefore, they made it that it was in order to protect the Melech. This was said as a Dvar Hashem to the Melech. So they didn't want to do something that might end up causing the death of the Melech. And therefore, they made it sound as if the Motamut was dependent on the Shlichut. So, I mean, we, we couldn't go because we were afraid if this guy's for real, you know, that would be terrible. So we were protecting you and not going. This way, there's a chance of me not getting up because we didn't go. Ain't looking up? As a matter of fact, it, it even offers him a Pesach for Chuva, in that sense, right? They're offering they make it sound like it's a tonight. So he says to them, <clears throat> well, interesting. I mean, if this guy would be serious, you'd think he'd come to speak to me, don't you? Mamishpata ish is a remez, as the Malvum to, well, he's obviously a Murad Bamalchus. Now let's figure out, you know, how seriously he's. Uh, Mamishpata ish, asher Allah So what, I mean, uh, this guy is supposedly serious? Who is this guy that comes up to you? I mean, all he needed to say is Mamishpata ish. It says, instead of coming to me. I mean, is this an avias to me? Obviously not. speaks these things to you? What is this guy? Was he trying to cause dissent? Look, we don't know who he is, but a definitely weirdo guy. I mean, he's not from this world. He's got this long hair, and he, and he looks like a Viking with his Azor, or Azur Bamazor, he's got this primitive belt. Has this thick leather around his his waist. Oh my God! Says Achaziyat, that nut. Eliyatish piu. He's always, always the one who's Ocher Yisrael. Huh? And so he needs to be brought in. We'll have to be done him. So Veshlachi love Sar Chamishim v'Chamishal. So he sends a messenger, Sar Chamishim, a chashiv a messenger with fifty soldiers with him. Vayal love the guy comes up to the top of the mountain. Where Eliyahu Tishbi is hanging out. <coughs> there is Eliyahu, and he's sitting on the top of the mountain. <laughs> the, the whole scene is, uh, <laughs> is a pretty scary scene. And so, Vayedaberelav, he speaks to him in a Vayedaber means tough. Dibur Kasha. Elohim, Hamelech Diber. Man of God, the king has spoken. Temporal authority and all that, you know. Reda. Come down. 
Well, if I am a man of God, I think it would be a nice idea to have fire come down from heaven and devour you and your men. <laughs> if you didn't think I was a man of God, you'd talk to me that way. <clears throat> but an implicit threat to me? <laughs> You've got to be kidding and so indeed, fire comes down, swallows up these people. That's it; they're gone. <clears throat> oh, you'd think that that would make something of an impression on Achazia. No way. And of course, I mean, the issue over here, and that's this is why it really begins this portion of Malachim, <clears throat> is that the issue over here is the Mokum of Neviut versus Temporal Authority. That's the question. If the Malach speaks this way to a Navi, does he go down? Does he listen? Or is he indeed in a completely different world and a different reality? Vayoshav and so doesn't get cowed. He sends another Sar Hamishim. This guy's a little smarter. So he doesn't go up to the top of the mountain. <laughs> he figured if he keeps his distance, maybe Elio will keep his cool. So Vayan, Vayan is Loshavania. Vayanita Vayabarte shouts up from the bottom of the mountain. Vayadabere love. Elohim, I don't think you understood the message. Koamar <clears throat> Hamelech. The message was a specific tivoy that I have to give you over. Mehera Reda. Come down. And so the Yo this time speaks to all of them. First time he only spoke to Sarah Hamishim, because the guy had come up. So he's figuring, you mean you think that I can't speak to all of you from up here, is that it? You'll notice you're all hearing perfectly well what I'm saying. Let's try this again. Now I know you guys are far away, and you think keeping your distance maybe will help, but this time... We won't have an Eish that is Yerud Min HaShemayim. Instead, Vatered Eish Elohim Min HaShemayim. That's a very powerful Eish. Didn't show up the first time. And that is Vatokholoto Vet Hamishat. Eats up all of the men, another 50 gone. And so, Achazia sends a third group. Now this, <laughs> this guy, this guy plays it very differently. Vayal, he goes up to the top of the mountain, and he comes up. Vayavo, Sarach, Hamishim, Hashishim, Vayichrao, Birkav, he bows down. Vaneged Elio, Vayitzchanen Elav, he begs him. Vaydaber Elav, Yishra, Elohim, Tikarna, Nafshi, Venefesh, Avadecha, Elach, Hamishim, Veinecha, please have mercy on my life, and the life of these 50 men. Ine Yarda, Eish, Ben HaShamayim, Vatochalet, Shnei, Sareach, Hamishim, Arishonim, Vatchamishihem, we know what we're up against over here. We're, we're stuck between the rock and the hard place. Please don't take it out on us. Veatatikar nafshi beinecha. Well, now you're talking. Vaydaber malach adunai elelyohu redoto. Go down with him. Altirami panav. And the king won't be able to do anything to you. Mayokum vayred oto, meaning ito, elamelech. Vaydaber elav koamar adunai. Ya'an asher shalachta malachim, midrosh bebaal zvuv, Elohei ekrom. 
kind of stupidity is that? So the point of this is to establish there is Elohim Yisrael, to establish by the message, to establish by the Eish Elohim, by the stab- establishing the Eish the Tzirad Neshamayim, Kimot Tamut, Vayomot, and indeed he dies, Kidvad Unai, Hashid Diber and his brother, Yehoram, Vayimlof Yehoram, Taktav, Bishnat Shtaim, the Yehoram ben Yehoshaphat Melech Yehuda. Now this is mad because it could not have been Bishnat Shtaim, the Melech Yehoram. Because remember that Yehoshaphat was king for 25 years. This is only the 18th year. Maybe the 19th year. It depends if we're talking about Shanim Akutaot. <coughs> and therefore, we have the various approaches that I spoke about earlier. According to the Tosefta, there's actually three Ikerinyonim. According to the Tosefta, from the time that he had been with to Achav, and there was a Gzair on him to be killed in the battle, he was indeed considered no longer being a Melech. According to another Medrash, the, the, uh, I mean, this, this the Radak brings that. Right. So therefore, it is if his son was Melech. The Radak brings a whole shot that he had to be Melech Yahiram in his lifetime because of a machloket in the family. And he's, he brings this from the Reyayomim, where over there it says, Ve'etamam lacha, natan liyoram bechor. So apparently there was some kind of issue that was going on. That is the reason that he's considered to be the Melech, even though Yoshafat is still Melech. So it's true that Yoshafat was Melech for 25 years, but at this point, Yoram was active already in his lifetime. But he plants him in Israel, he's Melech There's two Yorams. There's Yoram, the brother of Achazia, the son of Achav, and there's Yoram, I'm the son of Yehoshaphat. It's one of those great times to remember. <laughs> Couldn't come up with other names. <laughs> well, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that itself is an indication yeah. of the immense shituf pula, the sensitivity. It's like the Time Magazine and Newsweek always have the same cover. Wow. Words, the issue is always the mechayev, really. And, and um, so uh, that's, that's the other approach, the Rabbi's approach, which is the most incredible of the chidushim here and gives us such a profound insight into the whole nature of the times, especially when you're mechabrit with the medrash that has Achav asking Yoshefa to come and give him malchus every day. We're mad. 43 times a day. I mean, it's an unbelievable medrash. So that means, says the Rabbi, Rabbi doesn't say the medrash. He just says mitzad asfara. That since you see that all of the wars from that time and all the business ventures are always together. And the chitun. So now they're marrying into each other's... Yoshafat, obviously, had made a joint venture of the Malchus. So therefore, we cannot call him Yoshafat Melech anymore. It was a shtatfut with Yoram, and therefore, it's a different world now. No, he goes to the whole Seder Adaris based on this, changing everything to fit so that this shot now lies behind why we call it the Malchus Yairam. But it's no contradiction to the death of Yehoshaphat. Fantastic. In any event, at this point, Achaziah dies, leaving nothing. He doesn't even have a child. And what is left is now the Malchus Yehoram of his brother, and at the same time, the Malchus Yehoram ben Yehoshaphat, Melech Yehuda. And this now becomes essentially the end, as we'll see very soon, to the Malchus of Umi. No, Rashi brings it to us after. But it's on the, the Rashi means it. So maybe it matches it to understand.
That's what we said. Yeah, you weren't here. Yeah. But that's not just that it gives them a source. It's that therefore it's not net check. So it's an artificial kingdom.